the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. It is Friday, and Friday means that it is Open Line Friday. You can call it any number, 888 Don't call it any number. You can't call any number and reach me. That would be weird. Maybe A.I. Scott, you can call it any number and reach uh, A.I. Scott. You can call this number, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, and reach me. There it is. That's the official, hey, good stuff is coming, 888-528-2557. You can change the subject, talk about uh, Bible questions, something in the news, something you want to talk about, and uh, we'll change the subject for you. We do that on Fridays. As we begin this hour, I do want to talk about uh, the homeless situation. It's this homeless situation everywhere, but specifically in Los Angeles, because I think that part of uh, what we're looking at, it affects every city that is dealing with this, particularly here on the left coast uh, in California. And I've had a theory for a long time that that what's happening in Seattle is then going to happen in Portland, which then happens in San Francisco and then L.A. and then San Diego. So it's just sort of coming down the coast. And uh, most of the worst of it is uh, coming down. Uh, Los Angeles uh, Mayor Karen Bass uh, became mayor last last year. And she um, earlier this year, I think, actually, um, I think that she is sincerely interested in helping the homeless problem in Los Angeles. I really do. But as we've said before, she's going to have to make some changes to the philosophies that have, in my view, led to the homeless situation. And uh, NBC News 4 did a study on uh, what's called the Inside Safe program. And what that is, is it's a city program that uh, is trying to get homeless people off the street to put them. It's it's part of the housing first philosophy. And this is what uh, I have been opposed to. I'm not opposed to putting people into shelter and have homes, but that the idea that the first step to help homeless people is to get them into a house, especially people, there's reasons why a person is homeless and it's usually addictions and mental health and that it makes it very hard uh, to help people. That should not be the first step. People need actual help. And the LA mayor's office just reported that in $67 million spent out of the 250 million that is put aside for this, 67 million has been spent. Only 255 people have been permanently housed. $67 million and 255 homeless people out of the thousands of homeless people. There's, there's what, 70,000 homeless in, in just LA County. That's an outrageous amount of money. 
So why is this happening? I want to go through this clip from NBC uh, News here, Channel 4, to get to know a little bit more about this. It promised safe, temporary housing and services with the goal of helping to move the homeless into more permanent housing. Now Mayor Bass tells our investigative reporter, Joel Grover, the project has been a lot harder than she expected. See, and I think I think this just true, I think, because the attitude from our state for a long time and other states where this is a big deal is that if you just have more money, then you can solve the problem. And we have spent hundreds of millions of dollars to try to help the homeless in, in uh, California, and it's gotten worse and worse and worse. I take offense at our policies and strategies. So here is some of the investigation that NBC did. Well, Colleen, for almost a year, the I-Team has been following homeless people who agreed to leave the streets and go into motels, and that's costing taxpayers a lot of money. But we've found very few of them have been moved into permanent housing as they were promised. The mayor admitted to the I-Team her Inside Safe program could be more cost efficient and is not accomplishing its goals fast enough. $67 million, 255 people, that's it. Cost efficiency isn't even the right language, you know, at this point. Just under the 405 freeway at Venice Boulevard, city workers dismantle this encampment, throwing away tents and sweeping up hypodermic needles. That was five weeks ago at an encampment where the I-Team has documented deadly shootouts and frequent gunfire. But on this day in late October, caseworkers from a nonprofit hired by the city were offering a new beginning to the unhoused like Gabriel Felix. And I just want to get back to living life. He says his life changed when his baby daughter suddenly died seven years ago, sending him into a depression where he quit his job as a barber and ended up at the Venice 405 encampment. I felt like I've just been dead for the past seven years. Living here on the streets? Yes. But Felix and others were full of hope five weeks ago when they were shuttled far away to the Full Moon Motel in South L.A. and were told by caseworkers they'd help them find apartments and get them much-needed services. So when you're watching this, you see, in fact, you see video. They said that there are shootouts all the time underneath the 405 freeway at, uh, in Venice Beach. That's incredible. And they, they showed the shootouts. They had video of uh, people just driving by and shooting at each other. That's the condition that people are in, okay, in that situation. So a nonprofit hired by the city comes in, and they say, hey, we're going to get you out of here. We're going to get you a place to live, and we'll get you all the services that you need. But here's how it continues. Five weeks later, I caught up with Gabriel. You can't just put someone in a room and expect them to just magically, their lives are put back together. See, that is the big deal right there, what he just said, that you can't just put people in a house. You can't just put people in a room. And expect all of a sudden that the reason they were homeless in the first place is put back together. Now, there are some exceptions in that if you were recently homeless, you know, there are people, I've helped people who we've put into housing somewhere, but they had a job, they hadn't gotten into addiction yet, they, uh, whatever depression and stuff they had, it hadn't turned into some severe mental illness. It was, there were circumstances that led to their homelessness. We got to them very, very quickly and it was okay. It works occasionally. Probably that 255 people. It's probably those people. But for so many people like this guy who was dealing with severe depression, who knows what he got into on the streets, but usually it only takes a, the study is something like a couple of weeks before you do have an addiction to something that maybe you didn't have before. And that is exactly 
the problem with this philosophy right there, and it's why it doesn't work. Five weeks later, I caught up with Gabriel. You can't just put someone in a room and expect them to just magically, their lives are put back together. He says he hasn't seen a single caseworker, has been shown no apartments, and hasn't been offered services. And he's afraid to leave his motel room because prostitution, documented by the I-team, and drug dealing are rampant right outside. I feel less safe than I did when I was out on the street right now. He feels less safe in this hotel room than underneath the 405 freeway where there are gun battles regularly. That's, that is wild. That is his, his testimony about what he has gone through. And he's not alone. The I-team has been following unhoused people since they were moved off the streets by the mayor's Inside Safe program almost a year ago and taken to motels like Faith Stevens. You suffer from depression? Yeah. Faith was moved to a second floor room at a South LA motel even though she had trouble climbing stairs from a car accident. We heard her caseworker last summer promise to move her downstairs within three days. Give me till Friday and it'll be done. But that didn't happen and Faith eventually fell down the motel stairs, ending up in the hospital. So it's just one bad story after another. And these are terrible stories. But the the issue here is, and you can tell me what you think about this, we're spending tens of millions, hundreds of millions in the state, tens of millions just in one city to put people into housing. So what they're doing is putting people into temporary shelters, these hotels or these apartments that they're able to get, and but they don't help them. There is no counseling. There are no other services. There's not the health care that is needed. There's a whole lot of, of help that's needed. Now, in the, the rescue missions, for example, that we've talked about so much and we've visited with, United Rescue Mission in L.A., there's a great the Long Beach Rescue Mission, uh, San Diego Rescue, you know, great rescue missions where you go in, you, you get a place to stay, but there is counseling, there is services, there are rules to follow. And the hard part is that some people aren't willing to follow those rules and then you don't get in there. And but you have to or you won't get better. You, you know, a friend of mine is, I told this story the other day, he's at uh, one of those, serves at one of those places with the, all the tiny houses, right? He says people get a tiny house and then they don't come back the next day because they're so strung out on drugs, they don't remember that they even got a tiny house. And they don't know where it is if they left for the day. Are you satisfied with those numbers? No, I am not satisfied. This is Mayor, Mayor, with those numbers. Mayor Bass, who was asked about the uh, the numbers and whether or not she's satisfied Are you satisfied with those numbers? No, I am not satisfied with those numbers at all. Mayor Bass told the I-Team tackling homelessness is harder than she originally thought and more expensive. According to her office, Inside Safe has cost taxpayers more than $67 million so far this fiscal year, out of $250 million approved for the program. Those motel rooms for people like Faith and Gabriel cost an average of $3,300 a month per person, more than the cost of a decent apartment. Are taxpayers at this point getting their bang for the buck? Well, I think long term, we have to come up with a model that's more financially sustainable. That is the understatement. I believe that Karen Bass wants to do more here. I really do. But she has to reject the housing first philosophy. And that means it's going to have to come from uh, Gavin Newsom and lots of other people. You, you know, to spend $67 million to help 255 people is, is nuts. 
but that's what we're doing across the state. Thousands of dollars just a month to house one person. As you can imagine, it's expensive here. Our rescue missions do that for how many people, house many people for dramatically less. And the only reason that they're not allowed to, to be more of a part of it is, number one, they're religious. Number two, they require recovery and they have rules. And that's the problem. If you aren't pushing people towards recovery, towards getting better, if you're standing up from their rights to essentially kill themselves or their rights to not get help, then you are going to not help them in most cases. $67 million, 255. This is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. It is Open Line Friday. You can call in about this subject or you can change the subject on Fridays. We'll take your call on anything, 888-528-2557. Let me go to the phones here. Karen in Anaheim, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. How are you? I'm good, Karen. Thanks for calling. Yeah, I wanted to talk about the the homeless issue. Yeah, and um, I was homeless, I was homeless for many years here in uh, actually in in uh, Orange County as well as Phoenix, Arizona, with two small children. And I can tell you, I was a heroin addict, and I wanted to be have a safe home for me and my kids desperately. But had it been offered to me. I could, I would, sure, I would have taken it, but I, I could not have done it. Actually, I take that back. Some, I, we were offered a, a really nice little place. It was a homeless program, and they caught me on the third night, um, sneaking my kids through a window at midnight. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's not. Um, uh, and my intentions were great. I loved my kids. I loved my, you know, my life. I wanted help. We, I did not have the tools to do it. And and I'm watching people around me. I still know a lot of homeless people. And I know of one in particular here in Orange County. It's a huge motel that was, uh, you know, bought by one of these, um, you know, 501c3s. And they, I'm sure, getting (laughs) lots of money from the government. And they are, are taking every single one of these people, putting them on SSI of some kind. So they're all depressed or they're all whatever. So they all have some kind of income. They don't have to work. They don't have to stop doing drugs. Drugs are rampant in there. That's right. I have a friend who's, who's in there now. I mean, three people have died just in the last couple months um, under strange circumstances. Um, this, what the, the, the most important thing that people need to understand, and not only are we not allowed to say this, but but I'm, you know, we're, 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 that's the word I'm looking for. We are absolutely, what is the word I'm looking for? We are vilified if we even bring this up. But right. the truth is there's a group of these people who want help, but it's not being offered. So they're going to pretend as long as they can because they want, you know, who's going to say no? Yeah. The other thing is that there's a, a large group of these people that don't want help. They'll take it. And that's a lot of the problem, right, is if you don't want it then you're not going to do what you need to do. Uh, Karen, how did you end up... what they do. Yeah, how did you get out of being homeless? What happened? Oh, gosh. From 2001 to 2006, me and my two kids were on the street. By 2005, I I was pregnant with my third child, got arrested, a bunch of them, you know, anyway, the courts. I was sentenced to drug court, three years of hardcore inpatient uh, with my kids. I went through a year of um, rehab with my kids, um, drug testing two times. A week. It, it was very, very uh, difficult, but it is the hardest thing I ever did. But I, I had to be faced with that. 
Yeah. And um, and I chose, you know, I still had a choice, 16 months in prison, but um, I chose the hard way, and it was it was well worth it. And the hard way required you to get sober. Yeah, it required. Yeah. It was the whole thing was uh, it's the hardest thing I ever did. I it scares the heck out of me the thought of ever having to go through that again. Yeah. Um. And you're working now. You you have it. you have housing now. Yeah. All right. Actually, right now I was laid off, um, but I worked. Yeah, when I got out, I I I got a god shot. A god shot is what we call them. <laughs> and just a great job at a well-known um, church in the area uh, hired me for a job that I was not qualified for, but they liked me. Mm. And I, they didn't hire felons. I told them about my felonies, and they still hired me. It was a total god thing. That's great. And I worked there for eleven years. I had lots of promotions, and yeah, so. Well, Karen, life is, there is life on the other side. <laughs> yeah, Karen, thanks for sharing your story, and I'm so glad that you're doing oh, well. Yeah. You know, I'm so I'm so glad about that. Thank you very much for uh, so much, calling and listening Scott. to the Pastor Scott Show. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Rose, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Uh, Rose, you Hello? with us? Go ahead, Rose. Oh yes, hi, hi, brother Scott. Um, I like to research things, and I researched who who in the entire world has uh, completely conquered uh, the homelessness problem in their country, and that was Finland. Inside of 10 years, they took their homeless um, down to uh, 20% by um, giving them a place to live, jobs with the promise that they would um, better themselves, that they would, you know, be able to to pull their own weight. And they did it. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that, that they uh, want to end homelessness. Um, I haven't seen exactly how they did it. You know, it's it's um, but I'm sure that it requires sobriety. You can't do a job if you're not sober. You know, you can't oh, yeah. you can't maintain employment. You can't maintain a home. You can't maintain even a tiny house or whatever if you're not able to be sober. And if you have mental illness, if you can't get some care for that, you're not going to be helped. And that's that's part of the the housing first problem, is that it's more than just shelter that you need. You know, there's a reason that you found yourself homeless that needs to be addressed. Right, and they were able to to um, support themselves and. Um and get on with life. They, they had to, uh, you know, come face to face with themselves and, and be, uh, responsible and they did it. So, you know, they were glad they were, they were that 80% were the ones who really were committed to getting off the street. And, um, I, I, in my humble opinion too, it would be good if all of our organizations would, uh, unite and, um, you know, in, in their efforts. And uh, I think that that would be good, too, because, yeah. you know, you can't. There are some good organizations that that are working together as much as they can. The problem is the state um, decides who the funding goes to. And if you are pushing uh, sobriety, you require that, then you don't get any funding uh, typically or you don't get all of it. And, uh, you know, Finland also, the other issue, Finland only has a little over 5 million people in the whole country. Uh, yeah. So it's half the size of L.A. <clears throat> and, oh, yeah. you know, so when you have a smaller community, it's a lot easier to, to help the homeless because uh, there's not as many. 
not as many people. I agree. Uh, of and that, course. It matters a lot. Hey, uh, Renee mm-hmm. Rose, thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. Maria in Chatsworth, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, Pastor Scott. Um, I really love your show, and I really wanted to comment on this because, um, first of all, I think a lot of the money for the homeless, because it is run by the state, there's a lot of deep pockets. In other words, um, I would say that maybe half that money is actually being used. And the other ones that are, you know, offering their services, which are um, groups of people who really want to help out, if they're run through the state, they really don't have a chance because there's so much there's so much red tape involved in it and everything else that by the time it gets to what it's really supposed to do, the money's like completely watered out and they can only help a few. And the ones that they do help, unfortunately, are the ones who are drug addicts, mentally ill. So they're not they're putting a band aid on the problem. They're not getting to the core root of what the problem is, which is the drugs and the mental yeah, and illness. If we don't get into if we don't get into all of that, they, then it's not going to work. Yeah. Right, exactly. They're just yeah. putting a Band-Aid because people are complaining about it. Yeah, Maria. But they I, have to have, like, a yeah. group that will run the whole thing and have yeah. other subsidiary groups that will follow that. There's a whole lot more. Maria, i got to go to a break, but your point is uh, is right. How much money has California spent in the last four years on homelessness? I'll tell you that when we come back here in just a minute. And I'll get your calls. It's Open Line Friday, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Stacey and Denise and others, I'll get your calls when we come back. You can follow me, the Pastor Scott Show, at Pastor Scott Show on uh, Instagram, X, and Facebook, at Pastor Scott Show. We'll be right back as the Friday edition continues. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. It's my favorite part of the day, and it's Friday, which means... Open Line Friday, you can talk about whatever it is you'd like to talk about, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Before the break, we were talking about homelessness and how the uh, program in Los Angeles has spent $67 million and housed 255 people for $67 million. How much would you say has been spent in California just over the past four years alone on homeless homelessness how much has california spent in just four years over homelessness you know what it is it's 17.5 billion dollars i take offense at our policies and strategies just from 2018 to 2022 and the problem has gotten worse and worse and worse and a big part of it is the philosophy in our state is housing first and it's outrageously expensive there's no strings attached it doesn't come along with the counseling and other things that are needed or a expectation of sobriety or help and uh, it doesn't work for a lot of people so that's why you spend 67 million dollars and what you end up doing is putting a lot of people in hotel rooms for three thousand dollars a month or more but you can't get them regular housing and they leave the programs, and the people are not getting help. It is a it is a huge deal. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. I want to get to uh, to your calls here. Uh, Stacy in San Fernando, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Stacy, hi, go ahead, Stacy. 
Thanks for holding so long. Hi. And, oh, this is Tracy. Oh, Tracy. Um, Hi, Tracy. Uh, yes, I talked to you uh, about a year and a half ago. Me and my children. Yes, I remember. Were, How you um, doing? Put out our home. Uh, we're still in the shelter. Okay, you're um, you're in a shelter. Still. Yes. Okay. I, I I still work. I I'm not on any government assistance. Um, I found out one that it was a crime what he did. I went to this is your husband. Um, I think so. Right. Yes, if I remember correctly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And what I also found out, um, I have a restraining order and a children's court order uh, that that I have sole legal and physical custody, and this individual was going to their school and demanding to see them. And now I found out he has weapons. I I was going to be drinking, but I said, no, I couldn't do that to my children. Yeah. So by the grace of God, I am looking to hopefully get an apartment because if you're making too <laughs> much money, you're, you're, you're off the spectrum of the, the homeless uh, situation. They won't help me with vouchers. Um, and it's, it's just, so, I think, uh, so what yes. what what things do you lose? What help do you lose if you make too much money? I mean, I don't know how you live in Los Angeles and make too much money anyway at uh, the well, cost of um, rent I and other things. Try, yeah, absolutely. But they said um, certain certain um, incomes uh, doesn't qualify me to have a, a low income apartment. Yeah, and what income so are we I talking to, about? I had to be, yes, I had to go out and do the groundwork um, myself. And um, now I'm hoping that we get in this one place. There was no evictions on my record at all. Yeah. What they did was illegal. Right. So, and, you were... and I did, I went to the, the uh, neighborhood legal services. They couldn't help me because they were um, up gasping because how could that happen to, um, I have two disabled children and my son now is 18 and he's demanding to see him. And he mm. has the IP and, and other things that. Yeah. So I have a bunch of calls I do want to get to, but as a way of an you, a, as way as an update, though, you said you're getting close to getting a place now. Yes, but oh, that, right now we're still in it, and I'm not on drugs. Yeah. The, well, you, the, the, you know, I just wanted somebody to reach out and help us, and that's what happens. You know, thank you for your prayers. You're welcome. But uh, I listen to you, and you're helping all these people, these kids, and stuff. And at the time when I did talk to you, you said you were going to reach back out to me, and I never heard from you, Pastor oh, you Scott. Didn't, can, that's do okay. you have an email? Yes, I do. Can you email me at pastorscott at kkla.com? I sure will. Can you pray for us before you get off to the other call? I will, Tracy. God, I thank you for Tracy, and I thank you for her update. I pray that you provide the permanent housing and that you you help her to stay true to her promise to remain sober and do all this for her kids. I thank you that she's kept her job and that she has uh, uh, this place to live. And God, we're looking forward to the update where she has her home back. And we pray for her protection in her situation with her husband and for her kids as well. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, thank you very much, Tracy, for calling. 888-528-2557. Denise in Culver City, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, good afternoon, good afternoon. I'm a first-time caller. Um, I've listened to you a couple of times. Well, thank you. Let me give you the, the first-time caller fanfare. Hold on. There we go. Thank you for calling. Go ahead, Denise. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. Thank you so much, Pastor Scott. Um, 
I've experienced homelessness. I was actually homeless 25 years. Wow. And that's two or three children. I was seeing domestic violence, yeah. family violence, family rejection, and just rejection in general within the homeless system. What they don't tell you is about the ugly underbelly. Being that I'm an African-American of mixed heritage and I was a single parent fleeing domestic violence, when I was in the South L.A. shelters, the types of things that happened to me were unbelievable. Mm. I would be positioned by the guards, sleep with me, and I'd get you and your kids a cot. And come to my house and, you know, half-dress and and I'll pay you. You can stay there. No. These are people working in the system, and the women working in the system, a lot of them, if, if they were running a church, they would try to make you go to church, whether you believed or not, and then they would tell their workers who let her in. If she doesn't have seven kids and she's not missing half her teeth, we're not helping her. And, oh, you have a double major college degree, which I had. <laughs> I'm not helping you. You're ahead of me. Mm. Over and over and over and over. No addiction problems. No um, um, criminal record. And I was told that as a black woman, I was more of a, li- a liability than a male of any color coming out of the prison system simply because I was who I am socioeconomically. What, because it was going to cost more to help you? Is that what they meant? Because you... I don't know what they meant because they, I was told it was a gender and skin color thing in a lot of ways. And um, I was listening to what Stacy said, and Stacy was right. And I, I wanted to say for every one or two people with addiction problems and prison records on the street, um, because of the help them where they're at policies, People like Stacy and myself don't get the help. Even with children, even with a squeaky clean record, we still don't get the help. Yeah. And then um, for years, for <clears throat> years, even as a homeless person, I got I earned that double major degree while homeless. I helped the hedge fund make those Android phones. Hmm. Good and for you. Homeless. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you know? So how did you, you're not homeless now. No, Culver City PD actually housed me. They noticed me and my old, older disabled son together and that we would report things happening on the street. And it got to the point where men were, I mean, I would wake up, sleep outside, and a man would be standing over me or chasing me down the street. And they started letting me stay in the lobby. And eventually they found out I was an identity theft victim. And it took three years working with St. Joseph Center who dragged their feet because they knew me since 2002 and never helped. Um, but um, they helped house me. They actually took a, a, a psychologist officer, Dr. Dan, God bless him. He investigated. He went out in the community to ask about me, um, and he, he helped me. He and five cops or so actually helped me get my records, and they found me this unit where I am now through Caring Housing Ministries, and I'm so grateful. Now, being homeless and going through all that trauma and, and everything was very difficult, but just for most homeless, you can't stop a, an out-of-control train on a dime. So mm. Karen Bass's approach isn't going to help right away because you're dealing with PTSD. You're dealing with people who've suffered losses, yeah. who've um, developed disorders and things while they're out there because it takes a heavy toll on you psychologically, physically, and in so many ways, even spiritually, because a lot of people end up compromising 
their their values just to survive, and it yeah. happened to me. Yeah, you know, and 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 I even fell into drinking alcohol. I was a, co- a closet drinker because I lost seven people during that that time, and then COVID hit, <laughs> and I lost more. And being that you know I was a big sister, good girl, whatever, yeah. I never shared that with anyone, but. I ended up sharing that with a local leader, and at that point, after I was able to share that, and because it, it didn't happen the whole 25 years, mm-hmm. it happened afterwards. Yeah, 25 years, to, that's an incredible story. Uh, it is, but most, God helped me. Yeah, helped most, me, yeah. He pulled me out of fire. He did, and I try to reach out and help others. So I'm trying to work with our local, um, our local mayor, and I told him he's had to work with Karen Bass. He's doing a stellar job. You know, the mayor of Culver City, yeah. um, Mayor Vera. You know, I think the more voices that can share stories like you where where you got that actual help, particularly the psychological care and other things, Mm -hmm. uh, that is a big deal. That voice needs to be heard because there's plenty of money, but the money's not being spent in a way that's productive, obviously. It isn't. But you know what? I'm sorry. Are you still there? All right. I'm still here. But I wanted to say, I wanted to say quickly. We have FIFA 2026 and the Olympics coming up. We right. have to do regional strategy to house our people. I don't care if it's building temporary spaces in a different way that can be used for the Olympians. And yeah. things. And then we, we can tie them with people later, but we need a triage. Yeah, Denise, that is an excellent point. We should do a, a, uh, that subject pretty soon as the Olympics come here. Uh, they're going to have to put people somewhere. And uh, yeah. I don't know if they're thinking about it. Uh, Denise, thank you. Yeah. I'm so grateful for uh, your story. Thank you for calling the Pastor Scott Show. I got to go to a break here, but I'm so grateful that you got the help that you needed and that you persevered through all of that. I did, and I'm still working, you know, diligently to help fix it. But we, we do need yeah. the triage. All right. Thank you, Denise. We're going to go to a break here. I'll get your calls when we come back. Pastor Scott Show. We'll see you in just a minute. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Pastor Scott Show. I am Scott Furrow, and uh, you know what? It's finally Christmas time. So we're in the big push for Christmas preparations right now, everybody. So I want to invite you to go over to Aldic Homes after Thanksgiving sale with 30% off of ornaments and ribbons and holiday decor and more. The super sale goes on all the way until Christmas. My wife and I, Christy and I, we went over to Aldic Home, and it's so inspiring in their Van Nuys showroom over there. They've got the biggest, most amazing displays of Christmas decorations that will fill you with the holiday spirit. I bet you're probably decorating this weekend or you're thinking about it. Check out Aldic Home. They have thousands of of ornaments, 60 fully decorated Christmas trees that'll give you ideas. They're custom designed. They told me that they have designers from all around the world come in and decorate their trees. And they have every size and every style. If you're looking for a a fake tree, uh, their line of AH Gold Label Christmas trees are incredible quality and they will last you for many, many years. The best you're going to find anywhere. So hurry in and save 40% off the best quality artificial Christmas trees in the country, 30% off of ornaments, ribbons, holiday decor, and more. There's really no place like Aldic Home for the holidays. You can visit them at aldichome.com. That's A-L-D-I-K home.com. Tell them that Scott Furrow sent you. That's A-L-D-I-K home.com. Get ready for Christmas at Aldic Ho 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 Home, they like to say. 
All right, check them out. Christmas time. I'm glad Christmas time is finally coming. It's December. I feel much better about all of that now. Okay, final segment, Open Line Friday. Talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. We've been talking about homelessness issues as uh, reports have been coming out uh, right now about uh, how much money is being spent. And for very little returns, $67 million in the city, city of Los Angeles alone, and uh, that $67 million uh, just for one program, just for the Inside Safe program. And there are only 255 people who have actually uh, been housed permanently. Uh, that's a lot for, that's a very small number actually for $67 million. 888-528-2557. Jerome in LA, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Oh, how you doing, Pastor Scott? I'm good, Jerome. Hi. How you doing? I want to say it's an honor to speak with you. It's ironic that I have to be this tuned in. Um, I don't know, after listening to the other previous callers, I don't know if I need wisdom or just, let me tell you my story. I've been homeless five years. I've been in um, safe parking. Um, then they said the program was cut off with Volunteers of America. I, I've been to five different programs, and they always I put me on waiting lists. And I work. I have um, a, a, a self-employment business. And I've just been homeless, and then people don't understand that I need electricity to run my machine. So I can't make as much as money as I could. Mm. So long short, I, instead of me paying $100 a night in the hotel, now I was at the hotel where – um, Mrs. Um, the, the governor, when she came in, and they were taking people off of Venice Boulevard, and I'm at the same hotel they were bringing them in. So the one that we said, talked about earlier, the the Good yeah. Night Inn or something like that. Right. No, it was another one in Los Angeles. It was off of Western Boulevard. Okay. Yeah. Out the Los Angeles Inn. And what was interesting, I'm talking to the media and everything, and I'm like, and I'm talking to the social worker. She said, because you have money, you already have income. You would put you in front of the line. Now they, the guys. Now, I'm seeing her buying cigarettes. Oh, the boxes of cigarettes, just giving them to the side, like, like celebrating. Uh huh. Wow. I'm, I, and then they're signing contracts to be in the hotel. So when I went to, I forgot the name of the um, Saint Joseph. Went there, got a social worker, and then what she told me said, "This considered as down on your luck." I said, "Okay, ma'am, I, I got you." I said, "So I need to do drugs." I said, "Why do they?" Yeah, well, that program is different. If you're doing drugs and that's it, they will put you in the hotel room, but you have to be present. I'm, this lady is laughing, and I said, man, but it wasn't funny to me. And she's telling me this. And so I, I listen to, like, sometimes talk radio. Yeah. And long story short, they're saying, oh, we just get high, and they pay for it, and we go to the hotel. We just get... And I said, well, ma'am, and I'm telling her this. So long story short, I said, why can't I? They said, well, we we have put you in a shelter. It's one down. I said, ma'am, kicked me out in the rain last time. I work. So she said, well, you know, you got to follow. I said, but why aren't you telling them that? And they're doing drugs. I said, can I get on drugs? And they, she's laughing about it. But I said, it's not funny to me. Yeah. So long. So I, the reason why I said for wisdom, what do I do? And maybe because I know Jesus is Lord. I, I know the Holy Spirit is in me. I can hear his voice like I can hear yours. But. I said, maybe I need to maybe work harder and just, because I sleep in, I rent cars to Toro, and I just sleep in the car every night right now. Because I slept on the freeway, I slept on the side of the, I slept a thousand places on the street for years. And so right now, I sleep in the car. Like, I rent $40 a day, but I work, and I just sleep in the car, but it takes your energy away when you, you can't get up, work the way you could. Yeah. Maybe I need to work, you know, what would you say 
and I, I digress. What would you say as wisdom? Because I'm tired of being in this cycle, and I don't want to be big. If I qualify, I don't have no criminal record. I got my credit up to 600. I need to bring my utilization down. Now I'm trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. I mean, think there with me. Have you ever gone into like the ask them at the Union Rescue Mission um, for some advice or some other places for some advice on how to navigate all of these things? Oh, and and, and, okay. And and it's interesting you said that. Then I close on this. When I asked for the apartment side of it, um, one of the social workers said, hey, if you, I was in safe parking at East LA, Volunteers of America, and they said, okay, if you find an apartment, we'll pay you first and last. Now watch, when I, and, and they have helped me with a couple of months of rent. But the problem where I ran into, they said, well, since you're somewhere, can you show me that you have $6,000 in the bank? Because I didn't have no pay. Uh-huh. You made $6,000. I said, if I had $6,000 in the bank <laughs> for the last three months, I wouldn't need your help. Yeah. So that's into and they know that this is going to be hard but people are not going to let you in unless you so can don't do drugs yeah i'm not a no and so that's what made it i said well you're giving me this opportunity but i didn't know and there was no navigator so i closed yeah. on that there was no one to navigate to be the, the mediator between me and the apartment show me where to go where people take my the program yeah jerome let me let me pray for you and we can ask for wisdom because you know you're describing a lot of things that a lot of people are going through and you're working you've been doing this for 5 years and sometimes you get penalized for things like you say when you're doing the right thing but there is a way to navigate this and you know we're talking about you know how much money's being wasted but some of it is helping at least 255 people maybe you can be 256 I received that you know so uh, let me pray for you. You know, the book of James tells us if we ask for wisdom, that the Lord will give it. Thank so, you. I receive it. I'm just yeah. bothered right. Right. right now. God, God, I pray for Jerome, and I pray that you give him wisdom, the wisdom that you promise in your word for how to navigate this problem so he can continue to work but have a safe place to stay that is permanent. Uh, I thank you for protecting him for these five years, but I pray that you lead him to the right person in conversation who will navigate this problem for him. Uh, I ask that you give him that uh, wisdom and the ability of where to go right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Jerome, you know, one thing I would do is, is go down to Union Rescue Mission and go in and ask, who do I talk to? You can tell them your situation. And they might be able to plug you in because they're connected with all these different groups, including the city, you know, and in your situation, you should be at the top of the list for this kind of help. <laughs> I mean, the lady told me that the other day. Man, you've been on it. She looks in the record, see all the places I've been. And what are you doing? She yeah. wasn't mad at me. She said, Ben, but I received your prayer and I expect it. And I'm going to go to the union. I listen to them on the radio on Sunday. That's the one that comes. That's on the Sunday. one. That's the one. Yeah. Check them out and just tell them your whole story and see what see what can happen for you. I want to thank you, Pastor, for the good work you're doing, and may God's grace continue to bless you. And, and, I, and I can't wait to give you good news, because I'm expecting what you said to come to pass. Yeah, you know what? I'd love to hear it when that happens. Would you give us a call back? Yes, sir. Thank right. you. Thank Jerome, you. thank you very much, Jerome. 888-528-2557. We're almost out of time. I'll try to get to one or two more calls. But, you know, when you hear him and you heard Tracy earlier talk about there's other complications, like making too much money, you know, or the difference between being homeless and just down and out. You know, and it, there are so this is this is one of the reasons that the more that we can be involved, even with our churches, um, with supporting organizations that are 
um, really helping people get off the street and and helping to navigate these issues and helping to um, give people the counseling and the help. You know, part of the difficulty of being homeless is you don't know what to do, right? You don't know who to talk to, and there's so much drugs and crime, and and there's elements of of every problem, the fentanyl problem, the border problem, the you know immigration problem, refugee problems. Uh, there's so many problems that all come together in all of this and the bad philosophies coming from the state. Somebody's making money, right? You're spending $67 million and only 255 people uh, got help. Well, where's the rest of that money going toward? It's going somewhere. I guess all these hotels and and uh, some other places. Uh, 888-528-2557. Let me take one more call here. Hi, hey, what's your name? I say Ken, but, you know, I, I work did, I, did, I didn't quite, this, I didn't get your name. What's your name? I said Ken. Um, I call all the time. I didn't want my name on there. <laughs> so oh. I, I just gave you a short version of my last name. All right, go ahead. But I've been on, I've been on the, um, on both sides. I wanted to know where did they get the data because it is extremely low. I don't know if it's that low. And I wanted to say um, it, it's so many lanes and layers that go with this. Yeah. Um, they try to make it a cookie-cut situation when it, it is not. That's correct. Because there is so many it's working class. There are families. They're yeah. single. There's people who are uh, substance abuse users. And there are people, and we have administrators that won't leave the office now with the pandemic. Now they won't leave their house. I know. We're almost you out know? of time here. So I, I appreciate uh, what you're saying because you're right. We have to find new solutions. And I thank you for calling. I'm sorry I have to let you go because we're almost off. Susan and Daniel and others, I won't get to your calls today. I thank you for calling. It's such a huge issue and it's complex, but we can't just keep doing the same thing. We can't just keep spending the same money for really terrible results. We have to do something different. Pray, make the phone calls, get involved if God is pulling on your hearts for this. Hey, everybody, thank you for listening to The Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast by uh, looking for The Pastor Scott Show. Follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, Instagram, and X. We'll see you on Monday. Good night. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.